Femininity is powerful in all its forms. Exceptional women, rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Alexandra Havruk. Alexandra is a student of bioscience with a major in genetics at University of Manitoba in Canada. Born in Luhansk, she grew up in Kiev as a dreamer and an active girl who was involved in many extracurricular activities from art to dance to business to IT. Currently, she is passionate about witchcraft, meditation, gardening and drawing. Alexandra, how are you today? Hi, I'm very good. How are you? I'm happy, I'm honored, I'm optimistic. <laughs> and <laughs> the first question I want to begin with and I'm curious about is why witchcraft? Um, maybe because it's like it, it connects me to the nature and then I can express myself just in any way that I want to. So there's no need to um, follow any religion, but you can. Uh, and you can just be yourself. You don't need to change for anything. So you just being yourself and express your inner energy to the world and just communicate with others. So that's kind of philosophy. Thank you. And is witchcraft to you more of a game or a hobby? Or did you experience anything that made you think, wow, this is for real? Actually, it started as a game. So I am like a huge fan of Harry Potter. Um, but um, then I just started to look at what I can do in real life because I really want to be a witch. And then um, I just found a lot of literature and I began to learn more about this so it's kind of real and some people do it professional but for me it's just like a game which can be a hobby for now. Thank you and since you mentioned it's a way for you to express your energy and this podcast is about women and girls and all that what is for you the definition or the experience of femininity. What is it to be a woman? Is it an energy? Is it a behavior? Is it something you can describe? And if so, what can you say? I can say that being a woman is just feeling a woman. So you can do anything, just, just anything. You can be masculine woman, you can be feminine woman, you can be anything, you can be strong, you can be, uh, I don't know, weak, you can be anything. So for me, femininity is just the way women show themselves and just the way they feel and behave and just live. Thank you. And you spoke about the importance of expressing your inner self and I can see how that energy and putting that energy in the world can be in art and drawing, even gardening and witchcraft, but or even dance. But meditation, what's the joy 
what's the happiness, what's the interesting thing for you about meditation? Um, so meditations are just like relaxing. Um, I don't know, thing for me. Um, this makes me calm and focused in some way. Also, it makes me feel better. I feel like something inside me just wakes up. So, like, the energy and I'm able to do more things, to do it better, to do it more efficient. It's just the way I try to grow. Thank you. And when you compare your friends previously in Ukraine and now in Canada, do you seem to find more of your people in one of the countries or it doesn't matter, it's all part of the journey of life and you can find people who are your type of people anywhere in the world? That's quite a controversial question because um, in Ukraine, I had my people like um, very close to me and I feel that they're like kind of my soulmates. But here in Canada, if we talk about Canadians, I do not want to offend anyone, but they're too lazy and I just cannot find anyone close to me that way that that was in Ukraine but also I found here Ukrainian girls and I feel that they can be my friends like that close that they were in Ukraine so this kind controversial question so I just don't know how to answer it because I do love Ukrainian girls and Ukrainian people because they are passionate because they're hardworking, and because they're um I know, positive, very, very friendly. But in Canada, you can find people also friendly, but a little bit ready because they can smile on your face and then talk a little, like a lot of dirty things about you in your back. So, yeah, I would prefer people in Ukraine. Thank you. And how do you know? You spoke about people being lazy or betraying you behind your back. But beyond that, have you ever had chemistry, whether with a boy or a girl or somebody, that from the very first second you felt, wow, I feel like I know this person all my life. You feel magnetically attracted to the person. You want to be around them. You're curious about them. Or for you, you need always multiple meetings to develop that connection. And it's never something that happens in an instant. I think I had this feeling, but um, I'm the kind of people who try to inhibit that thing. Because um, a lot of, like, a huge part of my life, I was the girl that was trying to be... Um, not following the heart, but following the mind. So I try to inhibit any feeling so I could be, so my mind could be clear and I could make some decision by only my brains. Uh, so I believe I had this feeling of first sight love and something close to it, but I used to inhibit this. And uh, I believe I need more. Uh, I don't know, communication, meetings, events, uh, common memories to let this feeling be alive and to let this feeling to develop itself. So, yeah. 
Why analyze everything with your brain? Does it make you feel safer? Or is it something that you noticed with your friends in Ukraine, so you developed that habit? Or what is it for you, the reason? Is it safety? Is it fear? That is just a fear for me, is that someone can hurt me. So uh, I try to uh, hide in my uh, shelf and uh, not to show up so when i meet people like new people so i hear try to make friends with them or something like this i always uh show them myself as a fictional character so i just um make in my mind this person that i would think would suit them and then i show that person and then if I feel that I can trust those people, I try to uh, uncover myself and show my inner soul because I'm afraid that they could hurt me or that they could, I don't know, uh, reject me. Thank you. And you mentioned you want to be rich and that's why you're interested in witchcraft. So what difference would being rich make in your life would you feel more safe, less able to be hurt, more free? Or how does it relate to you adapting to people and not showing them your true self until you trust them? Um, about rich thing, I think that um, people can be rich in different ways. And um, so I think that the richest people are... Uh, the people who can develop themselves and who feel themselves in their bodies, in their way of behavior, in their life. So uh, to be that kind of person, I just need to develop myself. And this thing of fictional character of me is really disrupting me from that past to grow, to become real me. Because... I'm not facing the real problem. I'm not facing myself. I'm not showing up myself. And I make people feel that they know me, but they do not know me. And that's like not issue of trust to people, but it's issue of trusting myself. Because I didn't feel myself in my body. I don't feel myself in my personality. I think that I have a lot of... Uh, communicational um, issues, I feel that uh, I'm not good enough. And that all makes me feel that I'm not good enough for people around me. But I want to be friends with them, so I just make something that could suit them. And that's very bad because um, I cannot say that I love myself with that point. And I cannot love myself until I... Uh, take myself as I am, but I can't take myself as I am and not able to become rich as a personality because I cannot show myself to other people. and I cannot show myself to me. Thank you for sharing. And there is something in psychology too that even if you open yourself supposedly as a theory and someone loves you for you, but you don't love yourself for who you are, you will not trust those people or think they're stupid because you say, how can they love me if I cannot love myself? 
Do you think this would be correct? Or if someone knew the real you and loved that, it would really be appreciated, positive, and no resistance to it? Um, actually, I have the person who loves me for a thing that I do not love in myself. And um, now I'm starting to trust them and appreciate it. But it's still very complicated because um, I think they're stupid for loving me for some things. For example, uh, my boyfriend says that I have like really good body, but I don't do not see this in the mirror. Also, he says that I am a very wise person, but I cannot see that. So I think I am childish and I am infantile. So like we are not going to the same solution, to the same thought. And this makes me feel so maybe I am stupid or maybe he is stupid, so he doesn't see. Or maybe I am lying to him in some ways. Or maybe uh, he just made up a fictional character in his head. Or maybe that fictional character that I um, made up for him doesn't want to come off for me. And um, then in some ways that I try to, that I'm starting to love himself, I feel that, okay, yeah, I appreciate that he loves it in me also. Thank you. And you were for some time passionate about dance. How can you perform as a dancer if you're not really feeling your body in the way you described? How was that experience? Did you do it on purpose to try to develop a better mind-body connection? Was it something you tried but you didn't find excellence in? Or how can you both perform as a dancer while being distant or disconnected from your body? Actually, I started dancing when I was not considering myself as, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Uh, and that was the really good period in my life because um, when I dance, I do not feel myself as anything. I do not feel the body. I do not feel the my soul, personality or anything. I'm just feeling the music. So I am the music in this moment where I'm dancing. But then I had really hard period, like bullying in school and uh, teenagerhood. So I've, sorry, um, I stopped uh, um, dancing. And then uh, in two or three years, I guess, when I was 15, I went to the pool dance. So. From this point, I started to consider myself as a body, as a girl, as a human being, not just something that lives, but as a person, as um, a unique something that can be developed in anything. And my body was kind of unusual for me. So I was like, um, okay, was that was what I'm supposed to do with that? And those dancings, made me feel that I'm related to the body. Thank you. And how is this related to you choosing genetics as a major? We can go deeply. I would say that uh, maybe that's just the thing that uh, I found, you know, that kind of scientific uh, films when you see those scientists and the... Uh, 
uh, form and then you see that how they make something super cool something fantastic like different creatures or making someone be something else like superheroes or something like this but I started from that period of my life when I was very young um, but then maybe we can say that I want to change myself and that's why I want to go to the genetics so I can find something that can make change my surrounding but then if we just take a look at the top of this situation we can say that um, that's just very interesting and that's just the way I try to learn about myself as a human about everyone around me as a humans and also about our interconnection like how my parents related to me how my grandparents affected myself right now like my body my mind anything so that's very interesting thank you and that kind of genetic or materialistic perspective or scientific perspective on reality how do you combine it or how is it different to you when you're being a witch using witchcraft? Um, actually, it doesn't really differ because uh, genetics can be not only about animals or people or anything like this, but also about the plants. And uh, in witchcraft, witches uses, um, use a lot of herbs, crystals, different soils, different compounds, different materials that can combine. So that's kind of chemistry, but in a really uh, elementary way. So you just combine one herb with the other and then it makes something cool, as well as in chemistry and genetics. So you can just uh, combine different liquids, compounds, different uh, things, and then have something really, really great. So that's just the way I am attached to the genetics as a, like my hobby interacts with my uh, future profession. I think that's kind of cool that I'm living this thing. I agree. It sounds very cool. And we cannot end without speaking about Ukraine, the situation, the war. How was your experience of that first day of the war? How did it change you? How does it make you feel? Everything. Um, let's start from the point when um, I came to Canada. So I came to Canada in October of 2021. And uh, I came, came to Kiev in the January this year. And um, I've seen all of my friends, family, everyone. And I said like, wow, cool. That's pretty good but I'm not going to um, come back in Ukraine because like they're just living their lives they don't need me so I'm just like just deleted from their lives then I do not have uh, the purpose to come back but then 24 of February um, I that was the end of my day so that was the you know that was 20 Sorry, of February, that was the end of my day, but the beginning of the day in Ukraine, 24th. And uh, I just found those news. And then I was like, no, no, that's fake. That's, that's something just, you know, fake. But then I saw a lot of news and I started to calling my mom. 
than my parent, grandparents. And I called my grandparents and my grandma took the phone and she just cried and she started to say goodbye. Well, sweetie, we love you. Just remember this. Uh, I don't think we would survive. And that would kill me. I was crying the whole night. I couldn't sleep. I started to lose my breath. Um, also then, um, I knew that my parents were um, on the west of Ukraine. So they were kind of safe. And I started to convince my mom to just leave the country with my brother because he has a condition. Mm, just a physical problem with his knees. Um, with his kidneys, I'm sorry. Um, if he would stay there, they would probably have troubles with his health, my mom's health, and just they couldn't, they would be trapped. Um, then I started to call my uh, grandparents near the Kiev, and uh, I also started crying. And then my mom called me and said, Well, okay, just calm down, we're fine will survive that everything will be fine just go, go go get some sleep and i couldn't so i just uh, went to the lounge and the, one of the floors in our residence and started crying really crying just you know that hysterical crying and then there was a girl who's also from ukraine but she was kind of a resident advisor so she just catched me and we started crying together <laughs> But then uh, we calmed down, and uh, now I'm just living with this. Every day I write my dad, I text my grandma, I ask how are they, and I'm just hoping that that will end with the victory of the Ukraine. I agree 100%. Slava Ukraini. And for you, Alexandra, what do you think some people, since you're thinking in a genetic kind of way, and uh, I'm sure that in many ways, trauma is what makes organisms evolve and grow and become stronger and better, and that without the irritation of the environment, life doesn't continue. But in reality, some experts say that this war will leave the Ukrainian society and people traumatized for at least two generations and that there will be less happiness, less everything than before. That is when it comes to positivity, optimism, hope, and all that. Do you agree with this? Or do you think that when there is a victory, the celebration will be so big, everybody will be more excited, more grateful, more in the moment, more happy and more positive? I think that there will be a huge celebration. People will be so happy, so proud that they won. But after that all goes down, so they start to live their normal lives, they would notice that there is no people around them, like really close people, lovely people that they uh, raised, that they grow up with. So that would also traumatize them. And I believe that those kids who are right now in Ukraine and experiencing this war by their own experience, their own lives, they would be also very traumatized. And then it would go to the next generation and next generation till the people forget about those horrible things. I mean, like, not forget about whole war, but forget about the experience that they survived. Do they just go 
forward and just live their lives, trying to find some happiness, trying to not to go back to those times. So maybe more like more likely that we that Ukrainians will be depressed and uh, negatively uh, feeling about Russians and all the negative energy in the world will be concentrated on Ukrainians because that is the trauma, that is the horrible life experience. Thank you so much, Alexandra. This was really enlightening, eye-opening and enriching and very interesting. And I wish you strength, evolution, and for you to express your energy and to become more and more of the person that you wish to be. Thank you. And again, Slava Ukraini. Thank you, Hera and Slava. Mm-hmm.